Well, hello and welcome to Virtual Team Dynamics, the All Fire podcast. My name is Francis Norman. I'm the founder and principal consultant here at All Fire. At All Fire, we specialise in helping you get the most from your virtual teams through understanding how your team members communicate and interact. This is episode number 24, and today we're going to be talking about the risks of personnel burnout in a virtual team and how to avoid them. As with all of our podcasts, there is an accompanying blog article on the Ulfire website, so please do check it out for additional information. And while you're there, of course, subscribe to our regular newsletter, subscribe to the podcast, and generally find out a bit more about how we may be able to help you and your business. So personnel burnout in virtual teams is a real risk. It's something which can happen in virtually any team and it's something which can happen it can happen to anybody. There is no clear way to say that particular people will be less or more immune or less and more susceptible to the risks of burnout. And um, the fallout from burnout can be quite da- quite dramatic. It can mean that uh, that organisations start to, to to lose key people from time to time. It can also be very very disruptive to the business, and uh, of course for the individuals themselves, both those suffering from the burnout and those working closely with them, the personal impact is uh, can be very stark and extremely unpleasant, and for some people it can take the rest of their careers, or sometimes it can run beyond the end of their careers before they really, before they really recover from the effects of the burnout and feel comfortable just going back to to normal normal pressures of work, never mind uh, some of the high pressures and uh, exposures that come with virtual teams. So why burnout is is a risk with virtual teams? Largely it's to do with the, with the different pressures that uh, personnel come under when they are part of these teams. They find themselves working strange hours. They find themselves being pulled here and there by colleagues with the best of intentions who are working in various places around the world who need access to these people they therefore find themselves being morally and sometimes uh, personally pressured to to work these excessively long hours and to work them for extended periods and for some people the the, the ability to sustain a working level of of commitment during these long pressured periods can lead to uh, to all sorts of mental fatigue, um, physical fatigue and, uh, and all sorts of burnout symptoms. So burnouts can manifest themselves in many different ways and it's worth, it's worth considering some of these in the context both of yourself and of some of your colleagues. It can manifest in overwhelming fatigue. People just feel permanently tired. All they really want to do is just lie down and go to sleep. It can be a loss of ability to concentrate. So if you find yourself or some of your colleagues suddenly sort of wandering mentally 
from time to time it may be that they're simply or you are simply suffering from the beginnings of 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 some of the burnout symptoms unexplainable bouts of anger and frustration so people who are normally very even tempered can suddenly start to become really irritable Um, anxiety you start to feel that well you start to feel anxious about the situation that you're in disorientation never quite being sure where you are and what's going on around you is a is a really bad symptom from from burnout Um, and mental breakdown is just when someone essentially just their brain just just has had enough and they need to, to 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 take a complete break from whatever they're doing. Then the extreme cases, of course, can lead to either um, either fatal physical symptoms, heart attacks, um, strokes, and and similar, or the horrible and very unpleasant one is uh, potential suicide tendencies, where people simply they become so fatigued and depressed as part of the the uh, spiral of of this burnout that they feel that the only way out is to take their own lives so it's a very it's a very nasty situation for any individual to find themselves in and it's a situation that businesses are very much beholden to protect their employees from so how to avoid it Um, everybody has their own work-life balance that works well for them for some people that will be a 40 hour or or less hours per week in a regular routine other people thrive on extended hours and may be able to thrive and survive on those extended hours for a very long time so each person will have different tripping points as far as where they may start to become susceptible to burnout equally that can change as the duration of a project extends and as the pressures change on individuals so for some people they may normally on a normal working week they may be fine but then when they when they are under extreme pressure in work they may find that what was typically previously a normal week that they were comfortable with suddenly they just can't manage to get through that week without uh, without some additional support so each person will suffer from it differently and each person therefore needs to both monitor themselves and monitor their colleagues to ensure that they're they're taking the best care of themselves so things to do um, firstly the the key thing in so much of this is to make it safe and acceptable for any employee working in a virtual team, particularly those where their virtual team is distributed across multiple time zones, you need to make it acceptable for those employees to switch off, for them to uh, to, to turn off their mobile phone when they're at home, to, to not be expected to be on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You need to find structures that can allow people to feel comfortable and to feel not exposed from a from a job security perspective through not being contactable you also need to encourage people to not be contactable from time to time and to actually take a proper break from 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 their work commitments so you need to consider your communication medium now if your project entirely relies on telephones you find that uh, that there are times when employees will need to be on the phone outside of their normal hours. So it's very important in these situations to make sure that these employees monitor and are careful with how much time they're spending outside of these hours and to make sure that they don't start to run into 
um, extended days that lead to increased fatigue that then lead to symptoms of burnout becoming more and more common for them. So you need to look then at saying, okay, we're going to move away from using telephones for certain communications. We'll go to email. We'll look to doing structured calls. So we'll only have people on phone calls once a week or twice a week. We'll have a day when no phone calls are made. Whatever procedures you need to put in place, you need to be very careful that you're protecting your employees and your employees are protecting themselves from the fatigue exposures. Managers and personnel. So the second point, managers and personnel need to learn to delegate. They need to be comfortable delegating. They need to have trust in their colleagues and they need to be able to then delegate tasks so that either they themselves can take a break or so that the tasks, some tasks can be managed within the time zone where the work is being performed. So this learning to delegate can be a challenge for some, some people who like to have absolute control over everything happening in their job. They will find it more challenging to to delegate some of their work than someone who, for instance, may be more comfortable with work being um, delegated out already. But either way, you need to be very careful that, that the employees, particularly those tasked with a lot of the communication, are able to delegate work to to people they can trust to continue doing that work. You need to have an understanding of the organization's culture and that culture needs to support personnel when they're under these high pressure situations. You need to have a culture that is set up and established to to be effective in a virtual team environment. A culture where decisions can be deferred occasionally. A culture where um, by design the, uh, the the culture of the organisation is set up to be supportive of people. And if the culture is not supportive of people, you need to be very, very open and tell people when they're coming in to work in the organisation that you expect them to work very, very long hours and you expect them to be um, on call for extended times. But again, you have a duty of care as an employer to make sure that those people are treated safely, that they are not exposed to extreme levels of stress and burnout and that they have chances to to break take a break and recharge you also as an individual you need to understand your own control requirements you need to know where your thresholds lie and if you really do find it difficult to delegate you need to find ways where you can maybe defer decisions so that you're in a more rested and fresh state of mind when you're making them. Um, You shouldn't be making critical decisions when you're really tired, when you're feeling burnt out yourself. You need to defer them to a point where you can sit and make them when you've got rested and clear mind. Um, Without that, you'll be making the wrong decisions potentially. You'll also be putting a lot of pressure on your virtual team colleagues to work with and to work around your particular control needs. I'm not saying that it's good or it's bad whether you have uh, whether you're a control freak or whether you're more relaxed but you need to understand your own style and you need to understand how that fits with your virtual colleagues similarly they need to understand your style so that you can all work together and collaborate and support one another as you work through the project and finally as a as a as a member of a virtual team you need to learn to accept ambiguity You need to be comfortable with not always knowing the absolute, clear, 
unmitigated correct answer to any one question that you may have. You need to be able to allow people to have the time to find the right answers. You need to have the people around you who can say, well, I'm just not sure about the answer to that, but I'll get back to you. And you need to be able to balance what's important and what's less important when you've got these ambiguity situations going on within your workforce. So just to quickly reiterate those, you need to choose your communication medium well and manage that so that it allows employees to take a rest and to be clear when they're making decisions. As a manager, you need to learn to delegate. As a a sub-manager, you need to learn to accept responsibility when things are delegated to you. And you also need to understand how that fits in your culture. You need to understand the culture of the organisation and what its expectations are on its employees. You need to understand your own control needs as far as how much information you need, whether you yourself are comfortable delegating or not. And if you're not, you need to find ways that you can make decisions and defer decisions sometimes so you can be rested when you make them. And you need to learn to accept ambiguity, to be a little more comfortable that things may not be completely clear-cut when you get them. But beyond all of that, you need to be very self-aware. You need to be mentally examining yourself from time to time to make sure that you're taking the appropriate amount of rest and that your brain and everything is functioning properly. You also need to look out for colleagues and colleagues need to look out for you. And you all need to be comfortable to say to one another from time to time that you need to take a break and you need to step back from the project and have a proper rest. And then if all comes to a big screaming halt, you need also to be comfortable finding support. Now, a lot of companies will have an employee support plan in place, um, but if they don't, or if they do and you don't have access to it for whatever reason, almost every country these days will have some form of of an organisation that is there to help people with these sorts of mental stress problems that they've got. There are helplines available and there's all sorts of ways where you can seek assistance if you find either for yourself or for colleagues that you're starting to face um, a burnout situation. So hopefully this has been useful and helpful podcast. I sincerely hope that none of you will ever face the situation of facing a burnout. But if you do, at least maybe something in this will be there to, uh, to help you along your way. So um, with that, I'll leave you to, uh, to look after your mental health. I hope you've enjoyed this, um, this episode and uh, please do check us out at our website, which is www.ulfire.com.au. And while you're there, subscribe to our podcast feed and uh, potentially subscribe to our newsletter as well. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm.